Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. Thank you so much for being here and listening in. I'm Kinsey Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. And because that's you, I'm so grateful you're here. You're the ones who are investing in your marriage, and because of that, you're making a difference in the lives of others. Which isn't the point, but it's the byproduct. The changes you make and the actions you take toward health and wholeness, both personally and relationally, can't help but be seen by those who interact with you every day. So I just want to affirm and encourage you to keep doing the work, even when it feels hard, because I promise it's creating a ripple effect. In fact, I've seen it in my office and in my inbox this week when friends or family members of yours reach out and decide that it's time to work on their marriages, all because you mentioned this podcast. And I can't tell you how meaningful that is to me, and I hope it inspires you as well. Today, as we continue our conversation around responsibility in marriage, we are talking about acting out of integrity versus deception. And before we go any further, I want to provide definitions for both. The definition I'm using for deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true what is false or invalid, while my definition for integrity is acting wholeheartedly and with cohesiveness of mind, heart, and soul. So keep those two in mind as we talk through the rest of this episode. One of the things I've noticed over the past few years in some of my marriage therapy clients is a tendency to mistake behavior modification for lasting change in growth. When this happens, what I notice is that couples tend to make changes not necessarily in order to become the best versions of themselves, although they may want to do that, but because that process is way harder, they tend to stop short or just shy of qualitative lasting change and instead settle into the changes made that make them feel better for the moment. Usually, these are surface-level behavioral changes or what's called first-order change in systems theory, which means that a couple has grown so far as learning how to operate in ways that elicit a more desirable outcome from their partner. So imagine a wife who was critical and a husband who's forgetful and slow to apologize. Imagine them doing a little bit of work on their interactions. The husband forgets to do something he said he would do, and instead of shutting down or defending himself like before, the husband decides to bring home flowers, which symbolizes an apology. And the wife, instead of being as critical, learns to complain less than before. And this makes both of them feel better. And it's certainly a positive change in the right direction. But this will only make them feel better until the next time he forgets something, she still becomes critical, and they do the same dance all over again until they begin to address the root of the issue. And this is where learning to act out of integrity versus acting out of deception comes in. Because if they learn to act out of their integrity, what happens is the husband owns his forgetfulness and the effect it has on his partner and modifies whatever else is going on in his life that's preventing him from being present at home. But at the same time, he does all of this for himself, not for her, even if her happiness comes as a byproduct. And in doing so, he learns to take true responsibility rather than taking the easy way out by pacifying or appeasing her merely to avoid her criticism. And the wife, in her integrity, learns to own her harsh words and the effect they have on her partner. 
and she begins to pay attention to where that harshness comes from. Not to be more pleasing to her partner, even though that may happen simultaneously, but she does that growth work for herself, and she also learns to take more responsibility for making valid requests of her husband for more shared responsibility or for more of his presence at home. But if they continue to act out of deception, which is to say out of an unawareness of their role in keeping an invalid way of relating going, what they end up doing is helping each other believe that their pattern is acceptable when it's not, if what they desire is long-term change to their relationship. Right, because even though they've made small changes, they still end up colluding with each other and making it mutually okay for the wife to be hurtful and critical and for the husband to pay penance with flowers without addressing the root of the issue on both sides, as well as the hurt and desires that lie beneath both positions. So acting in integrity has nothing to do with forgetfulness not being acceptable or bringing home flowers when you're sorry. But it has everything to do with moving beyond behavior modification to inside-out change, or what we call in systems theory, second-order change. Think about it this way. When you're trying to create a new workout routine or trying to become someone who works out, where do you start? I know I tend to start with playing the role or playing the part. I have a certain room I go into, certain clothes I put on, a certain app that I use. So I've intentionally set up cues to make it easier on myself to modify my behavior toward becoming someone who works out. And for me, that's where I need to start. But that's first-order change. So in order to move from first-order change to second-order change, or to use the language of this episode to move from acting out of deception to acting out of integrity, I need more than behavior modification. I need to internalize the belief that I'm someone who works out not to look a certain way, not to impress anyone, not for the sake of others, but for myself. For the fact that I feel more aligned mentally, physically, and emotionally when I do. And that can't be sustained by a different environment or a better trainer. That has to come from within me, by changing my relationship to myself, my body, and to exercise. So I'm asking you to do the same thing today to take a look at your relationship to yourself, to certain beliefs, to your own thoughts and feelings, because no date night or communication skills or marriage therapist can do that for you. You have to do that part of the work for you internally. So let's talk about acting out of deception. We've already said that deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true what is false or invalid. And I would say the majority of the time that someone is ourselves. We self-deceive all the time because honestly, it's easier than self-confrontation, especially when we don't know or when we have a hard time accepting God's grace and the truth that we are loved as we are in our sin and our self-deception. But in marriage, self-deception means double deception because if we can't relate to ourselves in health and wholeness, then on our best day, tell me how we can be anything more than two behavior modifiers in love who keep a contract in a status quo. If we can't face ourselves, then how do we expect to relate to our spouses authentically and with vulnerability, with understanding and humility and a willingness to grow, to be led and convicted by the Spirit who desires our wholeness in Him, our freedom in Christ, 
and for our marriage covenants to create something more than either of us alone could display. It's very hard to do. So I want to challenge you to stop and pay attention to what's going on inside. Because if you pause long enough, if you can learn to tolerate your inner world a little bit better, you can begin to notice your own self-deception in the following ways. Number one, you feel like an imposter. You feel like you're playing the part, but it's not an identity that you've taken on for yourself. And this feeling, this imposter syndrome, isn't bad necessarily unless you stay there forever. It's simply an indicator that you're in process. You've modified your behavior in first-order change, and you've got some more internal work to do on those thoughts and feelings. By the way, one way we self-deceive here is to say, you know what, this doesn't feel like my truest self, and I don't feel like I'm living authentically. And we use that as an excuse not to change or to take the easy, undeveloped way out. But again, feeling like an imposter is often just an indicator that you're not quite finished with the internal work needed to move from where you are to where you want to be. Number two, you've modified your behavior, but you haven't addressed your thoughts or your feelings. This is easy to do in marriage. It's easy to respond to our partner's request without thinking about how we feel about it. As in the example I gave of a husband who brought home flowers, rather than addressing his own lack of follow-through. Now, after paying attention to his own feelings of guilt, failure, frustration, or not measuring up, and after noticing thoughts like, this seems like an unfair or unreasonable request, or I wish she would ask me more nicely, he may still choose to buy her flowers. But if he's acting in his integrity, it won't be in lieu of addressing his own thoughts and feelings. It will be out of a conscious choice made in love. So think about the last time you did something for your partner, but you didn't really mean it, or do it consciously or with love. That's a clue that you've been acting out of deception and neglecting to pay attention to some really important information for the growth and development of your relationship, that of how you truly feel and what you really think. And number three, you feel proud of yourself or satisfied when something you say or do elicits your desired response from your spouse. This one is also easy to do in marriage. So again, let's use the flower example. If a husband is learning to apologize for the first time because his family didn't do it but instead modeled stoicism or brushing things under the rug, and that husband buys his wife flowers for a few months in an effort to say he's sorry when he doesn't yet have other tools or ways to express it, then they ought to feel proud of that change because it's coming out of his internal work of working up the courage to be vulnerable with his wife. But if a husband refuses to apologize and instead buys his wife flowers to appease her and she colludes with him to make this acceptable and he feels satisfied or relieved each time because he gets what he wants, then he's acting out of deception and the type that leads to manipulation. This is something Evan and I both have recognized in ourselves at different points in our marriage. We noticed that we had feelings of pride and satisfaction when it came to eliciting a certain response from each other because in our own ways, given our childhoods, what was modeled for us, or what we learned and misapplied somewhere along the way, we developed these skill sets that served us in superficial ways. But what I came to realize was that without knowing it, I was acting in a way that communicated 
you know what? I don't really desire to know your true thoughts and feelings. What I desire is to feel okay about myself. To have Evan's response reflect back to me the sense of self I desire to hold on to or the self-deception that I wish to remain in. Because that way of relating is far easier and way more comfortable than risking true vulnerability, than doing the work of self-confrontation and self-development that authentic intimacy requires. Many of us say we want intimate marriages and that we're willing to do the work to have them, but when push comes to shove or when we hit the threshold of what we can tolerate together, we discover that what we actually want is a functional marriage, not an intimate one, where we can agree on some level to mutually reinforce each other's preferred sense of self rather than continuing to encourage each other's growth. So now, let's shift our focus to acting out of integrity. We've already said that integrity is acting wholeheartedly and with cohesiveness of mind, heart, and spirit. Learning to act out of integrity is our developmental, spiritual, and life's work. We could also talk about this process in terms of sanctification, the process of growing into who we were created to be in Christ. It's the process of shedding the old self and the ego and letting the Holy Spirit convict us and refine us and make us whole in Him and wholehearted in the ways that we live out our lives and in the way that we do relationships. So here are three ways to know when you're acting out of integrity. Number one, your behaviors, feelings, and thoughts are all aligned. You act out of the overflow of what you've developed and created inside so that your actions flow seamlessly out of an internalized identity rather than trying to take on an identity by modifying your behavior. This would mean letting your yes be yes and your no be no when your spouse asks you if you're okay with a certain decision or if you would do something to help them. Number two, you think of others not in terms of how they'll respond to you, but out of genuine care, concern, and compassion for them regardless of how they respond to you. I mean, can you think of anything more Christ-like? Just think of if you were able to do this even 1% more in your marriage than you do now. Maybe that would mean being mindful of your partner's day when you get home, asking how your spouse is feeling, sending a text that you're thinking about your spouse during the day, or helping when you get home, not because you were asked to, but because you were being thoughtful of your partner. What would acting out of integrity here look like for you? And number three, you experience inner freedom and peace. As I've worked toward integration within myself over the past few years, and as I've worked to more closely align my behaviors, thoughts, feelings, and to self-confront and self-correct when I realize those things are incongruent, what I've discovered is, although I have a long way to go, is that the more courageous I am to let go of what others think or to seek external validation or to do what's expected of me over and above what feels right and true in my spirit, the more peace and freedom I feel regardless of how others around me are reacting. I found the same in marriage as well, that the more we focus on being true to ourselves, each other, and God, the more freedom and peace we feel in our marriage. On the other side of the discomfort and growing pains and emotional work it takes to get there. And of course, this is a cyclical process that we're always engaging. But your action step today 
is to take a look at the outline of this episode in the show notes and ask yourself the corresponding questions I've provided. Where are you noticing a tendency to act out of deception instead of integrity? And is it a matter of not quite being where you want to be and needing the perseverance to keep going, to move from first-order surface-level change to second-order lasting change? Or is it a matter of beginning to notice where you might be deceiving yourself and taking responsibility for that? I've given a few suggestions for that in the show notes as well. My prayer for us today comes primarily from Jeremiah 17 and Psalm 139, and I'd love for you to pray this with me. God, I ask that you would create in me a clean heart, that you would renew my spirit, because I know that my heart is desperately deceitful. Who can understand it except you? You say that you search my heart and you test my mind, and so I ask, search me, O God, and test my mind. Know my anxious thoughts. Because when I trust you to do this, and I do, you say that I am blessed, that I become like a tree planted by water that sends its roots out by the stream and who doesn't fear when heat comes and who isn't anxious in years of drought. Because in you and through you, my leaves remain green and I don't cease to bear fruit. I'm not there yet, Father, and I know I can't get there on my own or do this without you. So restore me gently and lead me in your kindness to repentance and greater awareness. We love you, God. We ask this in your name. Amen. Love is not a battle. Love is not a bond. Love is just as fragile 